Um, hello. Thank you for everybody uh, making it. Just a few things this morning. I apologise if you can't see the board. Like I said, quite a few people aren't here. So as they said earlier on, you could either view me as Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, for United fans as a bit of a super sub, or someone just coming on to fill the space. You can make that judgement in about 20 minutes. You will see up here a board, hence it's a short notice thing. In my professional life, I'm a teacher. Now, for those of you who know about teaching, they say those who can do, those who can't teach, and those who can't teach, teach PE. <laughs> I'm a PE teacher, so you'll be able to make that better judgment uh, a bit later on. So at some points, I'm going to refer back to here, I'm going to come back to my notes, and I'm going to start uh, in Genesis. We're going to look at today my son's favourite Bible story. Every time he gets his little children's Bible out, he always wants to read about Joseph. Now, lots of us know about Joseph. We know he had a coat, his brothers didn't like him, he told them he was going to bow down. So as part of today, I'm going to do like a whistle-stop tour of about 20, 30 years but you'll have to go away and you'll have to do a bit of reading to believe what I say. Because many times we might just turn up on a Sunday, listen to what's said, take it and go, all right, off I go. And don't look back. So there's quite a bit of reading that you might have to do at some point, And it starts in, I'll get back to where I need to be. It'll start in Genesis 37 today. And we're going to start there. So apologies if it doesn't work very well. So in Genesis 37. It starts with Joseph, and it says here about a young man of 17. So Joseph here is 17. For those of you who like graphs, I know they shouldn't start at a number. I told you, I'm a PE teacher. So where we start here, at this side, along the bottom, for those mathematicians, this is the x-axis, and we're going to look at time across the bottom. Apologies for those of you over there, so you can see it. Thank you. And up the side here, we're going to have either responsibility, we're going to have power, we're going to have feelings. So it could match any of those things. And it starts here at, the, at chapter 37. It says that Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had born to him in old age and he made an ornate robe for him. So at this point, he has got this robe. If you're a 17 year old boy and you have been given something brand new, better than any of your brothers, you're going to be feeling quite happy with yourself. You're going to be feeling very pleased that your dad has given you something that nobody else has got. None of his other brothers have got that. Then it goes on. And Joseph, being 17, being a bit cocky, walking around in his coat, gets a dream and then he decides to tell his family this dream. And it doesn't go down very well. His brothers go, you've already got a coat, you think you're better than us. So what his brothers do is, it says later on, that they get him and they throw him in a well. Assistant, a dry one. Those of you here last week might start to see a little bit of resemblance to what Darren and what Brian came and shared with us. He was thrown in a dry well. Remember that, we might come back to that point. So he's up here, his brothers throw him in a well, he's probably feeling now not very good with himself. And then we already know where the story starts to go. In Genesis 39, he's sold, I'm gonna run out of room on this bit, I can tell. He's sold, into slavery. Some of his brothers wanted to kill him. But one brother said, we can't do that. 
Now, from this, what I've, I take away from this part of the, uh, of the story of Joseph is, you might feel that there are people out to get you. But there will always be somebody in the background speaking, praying, or doing something for you that you don't know. Joseph went out on an errand. He was running an errand for his dad to see what he can do. So here, he's running an errand. He gets sold into slavery. And then that moves on. Into, I told you it was a whistle-stop tour. It moves on and goes in to Genesis 38. Whereas actually, and I, you've got to do this, go away and read your Bible. In Genesis 38, it doesn't mention Joseph once. Honest question for myself and for everybody. Do you ever feel forgotten? Do you ever feel like you're doing something and you have this vision or you have this dream and you say it to people who should love you and trust you and protect you and then all of a sudden they take you out at the knees and you feel forgotten? Because for a full chapter, it doesn't talk about Joseph at all. It talks about Judah and Tamar. If you want to go and read it, completely different story. Interlocked into this story, we then come back to Joseph. He is now sold into Potiphar's house. Potiphar, this well-to-do man, this official who has a lot of importance. But then in verse two, it says this, and I want you to bear this in mind because it repeats it a few times and I won't get them all in because I will forget them. It says in 39 verse two, the Lord was with Joseph. So it goes from chapter 38, completely not mentioning him at all. But we know that he's still been sold into slavery in chapter 38. So if you're thinking that you're forgotten, you might just be in the middle of one of those chapters. You might just be in that point where you get to the end of that chapter and the second verse it says is, the Lord was with Joseph. So you might be coming to the end of this bit here. I don't know what everyone's situation is. I don't. But you might be coming to this bit, the Lord was with Joseph. And it says, when his master saw that the Lord was with him and the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favour in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. So let's go back to this. Now, he's gone from running an errand. What chapter are we in, sorry? 39. And now he's running a house. When my wife goes away, I try, and you've probably seen it this morning, I try and run my house with my kids, trying to keep everything clean. It's impossible with four kids. Never mind trying to run a house. So his responsibility now is here. He has oversight over everything that this man owns, this high official. So he's gone from being thrown in a well to the Lord was with Joseph to now just taking that little bit more responsibility. At any point in this chapter where he'd been forgotten about and this bit where the Lord was with Joseph and he was seen by Potiphar, at any point, he could have just jacked it in. At any point, he could have said, what's going on here? I was my dad's favourite kid. Now I'm in a well. Now I'm a servant. How does that go? But he carried on doing what he needed to do. Because then when we go back to verse 23, the warder paid no attention to Joseph because he knew what he could do. So people trusted him. We get here, Potiphar's wife takes a fancy to him. She thinks he's a good-looking bloke, starts to give him the eye. But as you read it, she is not 
a one-time chancer. She's persistent. She keeps going back after Joseph and keeps going and keeps going. But Joseph does something what we might need to do in 2022. We might need to run. You might need to, if, if you don't want the, the analogy of running, we might just need to walk away. There's certain things that you might just need to walk away from that are holding you back from what it is that God has put in your heart. Holding you back from something that you don't quite know what it is. Because remember, Joseph's had been given a dream here. He'd been given a dream about people bowing down to him. He's gone from having a dream of people being bowing down to him to being thrown in a well to being a servant. He's about as far away from that dream right now as he could ever imagine. And we know with, with hindsight, we know what happens because you've heard about it growing up. But if you put yourself in the situation, in the cistern, in that dry well at that time, not knowing what's going to happen, you've just got to make sure that you carry on believing and trusting God. Because Potiphar's wife tries to get him, he leaves his robe, he does a runner, he gets away, and Potiphar's wife goes, oh. I'm not an actor, screams, and then she makes an accusation against him. He then gets put back into prison. Again, if I was Joseph now, I'd really be knocked off. I'd be going, God is with me, but look what's happening. I'm forgotten about. Then I get this thing that's really good. Then all of a sudden, someone makes an accusation against me. It's not true, but I'm still there. Joseph has another choice. Do I carry on living the way I've been living, knowing that it's not going to maybe do me the best? Because at any point, he could have maybe had his way, apologies for the crudeness of it, had his way with part of his wife, never known, but we don't know what had happened. He carried on doing what he had started all the way through. He made sure that he kept his integrity. Now in Genesis 41, he is in prison. He has here now, gone up again because the warder has seen that God is with him and he now has more responsibility. More responsibility in a prison? Would you rather have more responsibility in a house or a prison? Trying to control prisoners and the warder just putting every faith in you and letting you run with it because God was with him. While he was there, he had the opportunity to share with two people. Two people had a dream. One was a wine, a cupbearer, so somebody who was really important to Pharaoh, who would taste and be put his life at risk for Pharaoh, really, because if someone tried to poison him, the wine bearer's job was to basically be a buffer between being killed and not. He also had um, a baker. These two people have a dream. Joseph, through God, interprets the dreams to these people. So he's having a bit more responsibility here. And then these people get released. And he kind of says, please remember me when you go and speak to Pharaoh if, you, if these come true. Both of them come true. Brilliant. Pharaoh's going to find out. Joseph will be released. No, it's not. Joseph tells his dream, or it interprets the dreams, and then... When you go to the beginning of chapter 41, here, sorry, here, it starts with this. When two full years had passed, Pharaoh had a dream. So here, he's interpreted the dream. Then two years have passed. Again, how frustrated would you be? 
Two years have gone from this moment where he thinks, brilliant, I'm making it. Pharaoh's going to hear about me. I'm going to get out. And he doesn't. Pharaoh has a dream. Seven fat cows, seven skinny cows, seven sheaves of wheat or corn, seven skinny sheaves of wheat and corn. Thin cows come and eat the fat cows. Thin sheets come and eat the fat sheets. I don't know how that bit works, but the cows I can imagine. When, when we go through it, Pharaoh then starts looking around for the wise men that he needs. The wise men, can you help me? Can you help me? And he's dissatisfied with all of them. He's not happy with what they say to him. Light bulb moment goes off in this cupbearer's mind. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that bloke two years ago? He, uh, he told me what my dream meant. He told the baker. Yeah, we don't talk about the baker because we know what happened. But the white, yeah, go and have a chat with him. Gets down. He gets Joseph out of prison. Joseph has a shave. He has a clean. He gets himself prepared and presentable to Pharaoh. Pharaoh sees him. He tells him what is going on. He then shoots up here. I told you I'd run out of space. Pharaoh then says to him, you come and run the country. So he's gone from running an errand to running a house to now running a country. And why? Because throughout all of this, he just kept doing what he had to do. He kept being consistent. Now, I've already made a reference to Man United and I apologise to make another one. I've been reading a book recently uh, called High Performance. And I listened to a podcast where the book's been written from. And the great philosopher, that is Phil Neville... Genuinely, I'll uh, show you the screenshot later on. They ask these people, what do you think it is that makes high performance? What do you think it is that makes you be as successful as you are being? And this is what Phil Neville says, the man from Berry up the road. Do the best you can where you are with what you have got. So where you are right now, whether we are our parents' favourite kid, and they'll never tell you, your siblings will, because mine told me all the time. Um, whether you're there, whether you're in that well, that dry system, what we heard about last week, when it comes to it. Whether you are in that chapter of your life where you're wondering, have I been forgotten? Where am I going with this? Because in a chapter, it disappears. Whether you're thinking, oh, I'm out that chapter now, I'm on my way up. Because in the Bible, it doesn't say that you will have a perfect life. But let's read verse 2 again. Or the other verse where it says, the Lord was with Joseph. Because we know, as Christians, believers, followers, however you, again, define yourself, the Lord is with us. Here, 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 here. Because at this point now, he is now running essentially what is the world to those people at that time. So in, verse, in chapter 41, verse 46, Joseph now was, is 30. When it comes to verse 57, it says, And all the world came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph because the famine was so severe everywhere. And again, this is where you have to read further on to try and work out some ages. You need to read later on when you do your homework. I won't be checking. Chapter 45. It says that the famine had been going for two years when Joseph's family came back. So here, he's then shot up. We've got seven years where 
all the food is plentiful, they gather it. Then there's two years where the famine has hit and then Joseph's family come. Now we know because we've read the earlier parts and Joseph knows because he's interpreted the vision. There's another five years of famine still to happen. But because of everything that he had done and because he had trusted God and because he had acted in faith, everything was sorted. Because when I look at chapter 42, which is about here, Joseph is 39, my age now, and he's running the world. Band, if you'd like to come back up, please. Told you, it's a whistle-stop tour. I don't know where we are in any of this. Over the last few weeks, we've heard from Aaron and we've heard from Jordan. If you haven't, go and watch it on YouTube. Go and listen to the podcasts on Spotify or just on YouTube. And you will find out just where this is going up to. Because at some points, we might think, what is the point of this? Where we are, we do not know. But I've written a few questions down for me, primarily when I'm going through this, but how we can also possibly apply it to ourselves. The story starts at the beginning here, when he's 17. The story doesn't end when he's 42. The story carries on, and you need to go on and carry on reading just about what happens. But because of his faith, and because the Lord was with Joseph, and because when he was right up here, he didn't put it down to his own successes. When he stood in front of Pharaoh, he had a choice to say, actually, I've interpreted this. But he doesn't. He said, God's the interpreter. He gives all the glory back to God in everything he does. So when he's interpreting dreams in the prison, he says, it's not me. But then two years go by and he's forgotten about. You haven't been forgotten in whatever you are doing. If, and if, if as, as church elders and church leaders and church ministers, it's not been acknowledged, I'm sorry, in what you're doing. I'm not going to blame COVID. I'm not going to blame anything like that. But what I hope is as we're maturing, we actually look from where our strength is, not from affirmation from people, as nice as that is, because when he's in a well, he's not being affirmed by anybody. When he's in prison, he's not being affirmed by anybody. But God is with him. And these questions that I've asked us, why do we go again? Why do we go again? Those of you who've ever done any type of sport, the hardest thing is after you've had the season finish and you're resting, you've got pre-season. You say, oh my days, why do I have to do this again? And we do it in fitness wise. So when something challenges you in a game, you can do it. You are ready. You are at that level of performance that you need to be. So why do we go again? Well, we go again because people went for us. We go again for the people who can't go yet. We go again for the people who haven't come through that door yet. Because we were all a yet at one point. We were all, if, and I, you always hear back reference to Crawford Street. I know where it is on the map. I've never been to a building but I'm here because people and several of you in here went again. You thought, what's the point? We went again. What's the point? We went again. And what does Bolton need? Needs us to go again. Whether it's your family, whether it's your house, if you don't live in Bolton, wherever you are, we need to go again. When you're tired, we go again. When you're at the top of the world, 
we go again. Because what else does Bolton need? And our friends, they need people who are consistent over time. Joseph at 17 had a dream. He didn't see that dream realized till he was 40 odd. At any point in those 15, 20 years, he could have just jacked it in and walked away. But he didn't. He kept faithful. The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. So if you're 10 years into a dream and you've not yet seen it, keep going. Go again. If you've gone again and you've had your knees taken off from under you, compose yourself. I'm not saying don't grieve. I'm not saying any of that. But go again. We get up. We go again. We get up. We go again. In the next couple of weeks, Cookie's going to come and speak to you about vision. We go again. Because before Cookie, there was Ian. And before, years and years ago, there was a man stood on the town hall steps called Willie Akin. And he went again. And every Sunday, he went and spoke. And spoke on, front, on, the, church, on the town hall steps. In 50 years, I might still be here. I might not be. My children will be. My children's children will be. The society around us, their children will be. We have to be here. We have to go again. So please stand up as we're going to go into worship again. We have the opportunity to go again. I don't know what 2020, 2021, 2020 did for us. But I know that you lot have gone again. You've got up. You're here. Those of you at home, that's no judgment, don't worry. But we have the opportunity to go again. Oh, it's, it's gone. Across the bottom of there, because of the decisions Joseph made, he saved a nation. Well, he didn't save a nation. He basically founded it. The nation of Israel wasn't there yet. But he was faithful at the bottom of a cistern in that dry well. Heard that before in the last seven days. If you haven't, like I said, go on YouTube and have a look at it. As we worship now, just spend some time, you, your thoughts and God, see what it takes for you to go again. If you are at the top of that hill, thank God. If you're in that chapter where you might be forgotten, or you're in that two-year hiatus going, but I've done everything. What's going on? Go again. Because that's where our families, our friends, our community needs us. Because someone might have been watching you for years, maybe weeks, and they're watching to see if what you talk about is true. What you live, is it true? Do you go up and down with the situations that life is throwing your way? Because they are garbage at times, situations in life. But we just make sure that we are consistent. Because as I said, people were consistent for us. We are here because somebody, not by our own steam, not by our own grace, not by anything like that, because someone took that little bit of time just to spend. I'm here because my mum and dad got up. My youth leaders got up. My life group gets up and helps me. I am here because lots of people, not because of one, but as a community, we get up and we go again.